This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. It's easy to get stuck as leaders in the idea that we always have to have the answer. We always have to be prepared with the perfect thing to say and consistently deliver wisdom to our teams. But the thing about true leadership is that what you don't say is just as important as what you do. How you listen to your people is critical to keeping them engaged, valuing their ideas and their contributions and developing them into leaders themselves. The person you're about to meet has taught me a lot about what it means to lead like a coach. He's our partner with The One Thing as the CEO of MAPS Business Coaching, which is the coaching company that provides coaching around The One Thing. He's also become a dear friend of mine. What you're going to hear in this episode today is a sneak peek of what's to come at this year's virtual goal-setting retreat. You'll get to hear more from him during the Individuals and Team Retreat on November 21st and 22nd. And we thought we'd invite him to share a little bit here on the podcast as well, so you can get an idea of what's in store. To get your ticket to this year's retreat, visit theonething.com slash setmygoals. And when you secure your seat, you'll get access to the full interview, as well as two weekends of programming designed to help you make this upcoming year your most productive year ever. And if you'd like to learn more about coaching, whether that is getting a One Thing coach or becoming a coach, you can go to theonething.com slash training. That's with the number one in the URL and scroll down to the coaching and corporate section and you can learn more there. With that, let's get into this episode with Abe Shreve. I feel really fortunate because... I get the opportunity to work with so many amazing people in our community and our customers and get to be a part of their world. And they trust me with being a part of their goals. And more often than not, almost everyone is focused on health. And at the core of that is diet and eating a balanced diet. But eating this kind of diet, it's a huge time commitment and it's easy to get knocked off track. That's why it's so great to have a solution when you don't have the time to do the prepping and the cooking and the cleanup, but you still want to eat healthy. That's why we partner with Factor, and Factor is chef-created, dietitian approved meals that are ready to go in just two minutes. With Factor, there's no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. The variety of different options and meals that they have is really impressive, but go see for yourself. Head to factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150 to get 50% off. That's code 150 at factormeals.com slash 150 to get 50% off. Hey everyone, Jeff Woods here. I'm so excited to have this conversation with our partner, Abe Shreve. He is the CEO of Maps Business Coaching, which is our sister company and provides coaching on the one thing. Today, we're going to be diving into the coach approach to leadership. Um, Abe, thanks so much for being here. Uh, It's my pleasure. Grateful for the opportunity. Now, one of the things that I really respect about you that's aligned with the one thing is this idea of the path of mastery. And you made a a commitment many years ago to master the art and the science of coaching. Give people a sense of of the, the number of calls and hours you've got under your belt at this point. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. When I launched this company, I had had over 10,000 coaching calls. So that's, that's with business owners, business leaders, and um, kind of all along the spectrum. And many of those, uh, we were week in, week out, working on 
on large objectives. And so, you know, the 10,000 rule, there's this idea, of course, it's, it's well documented that you, re, you achieve mastery at 10,000. But what's interesting about how that applies in my, in my experience to coaching is I think about 10,000 hours and you start to understand what you need to understand. <laughs> you know, so coaching is, is a sacred partnership such that you're, you're developing at the same time that your people are developing. So there's no, there's no arrival point. But it's, um, it's, it's a valuable skill that I think is desperately needed in today's leadership landscape. For, for people who don't have a lot of exposure to coaching, what is coaching? Let me, let me give that in the framework of, of a, a coach versus a traditional leader. So a traditional leader is someone that would, would give you directives, right? I'm going to give you directives. You do this. I'm going to hold you to it. Versus a, a coach approach is the process of helping someone gain clarity. And then through the use of tools like active listening and, and strategically designed questions, helping a person understand how they're going to do it. Uh, things that they need to change and adjust, helping them in advance understand what potentially could come in the way. If if that if that comes up as a roadblock, what will be your what what will be your move? What will you do at that time? And it's it's really using questions to help a person such that when they go back, they go back to work, they know exactly what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. It's very personal, and because it's personal, because the coaching uh, experience is so personal, then. Uh, you know, people really develop a bond and a great respect for the leader that uses an approach like that. Because they, they grow in every aspect of their lives. And there is a huge rash of disengagement in today's workforce, well-documented. And, and that, costs, that costs businesses a lot, lots of revenue, but it costs them a lot of mental and emotional turmoil among their, their workforce as well. So the coach approach decreases disengagement. People are much more involved because it's a, it's a leadership approach for their personal development as well as business outcomes and objectives. I remember early on, you know, when just starting out in this role, Jay told me my job is to teach you how to think so you can get what you need when you need it. That's leadership. My, my whole job is to teach you how to think. And I remember the first time I walked into his office with a question. And he looked at me and he said, I have an answer. My job is to teach you how to think. So instead of just giving you the answer and teaching you to always come to me, I want to know your thoughts first. What do you think you should do? I gave him my thoughts. Then he shared his. We agreed and we moved on. And it happened a few more times before I very quickly realized as a leader, my job was not to walk in the room and ask for guidance. My job was to walk into the room, state the situation, share how I thought I should approach it, and ask for coaching. Ask how I might look at this differently so that I can make the best decision moving forward. There's an important principle that you have just shared. You've just dropped a gold nugget, an atomic gold nugget bomb on all of us. And I want to shine a light on it. So it, I believe that it's as important that we talk about how we talk about things as it is the things we talk about. Now let me, Say I want to explain again. that. Just It's as important that we talk about how we talk about things as it is the things we talk about. So what you've just, what you've just displayed um, as an example of leadership and coaching um, from your partner, Jay, 
is before we got before you got into whatever issue it was, he set some rules by saying, "I have an answer," which which builds trust and confidence. I have an answer. However, my objective here is to help you to learn how to think. So there's this moment where you and he are crafting how you're going to do this. Like they're two distinct separate moments. We're going to work out what, what, what is the answer and what is needed and, and how do we move forward? And how, how do we do that in alignment? How do I leave here and go, do, um, and go execute what I believe is the right move with the confidence that you're on board as my leader? Right? That's, we're going to do that. But before we do, as a leader, what Jay is saying to you is, you're the investment. So this is an, I'm, I'm going to approach this with the thought in mind that you're a long-term investment. I'm going to teach you how to think. And I'm not going to assume, and here's the key, I'm not going to assume that you're going to pick that up, right? No interpretive listening here. Interpretive listening in my world, I learned this from my mom. If you really cared, you'd know what I was thinking. That's, that's interpretive listening. Far too many leaders, I've been guilty of that myself, are guilty of interpretive listening. We're not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to say it. If we don't say it, it doesn't get heard. So we're going to say, Jeff, you're the investment. What's important here is that you learn how to think. And so before I, before I give you my answer, here's how we're going to do it. Because I really, I really believe in you. And I, I believe that as you, as you gain confidence and you learn really how, how to think like a leader, you're not going to come to me for answers. You're going to come, as, you're going to come to me as a member of your advisory board. So let me, I want to give you another example of this. You and I have a partner in common. And he's the gentleman that I... I actually partnered with and launched this business. And his name's Gary Keller. He's, he's done well in the world of business, co-author or, or the author of The One Thing with Jay. I remember um, early on, I, uh, I was very excited about a particular plan I was going to execute. I came, I came to a call with Gary. I presented it. He was like, fantastic, go do it. It was a train wreck. <laughs> I went and executed that thing to the letter and it just did not work. So the next time we spoke, I said, he said, well, how did that go? And I said, it was, it was profoundly awful. It was terrible. Didn't work at all. And he said, I knew that was going to happen. And my immediate response was, you jerk. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm smarter than that. But my, so I said to him, why, why, didn't, you, why didn't you say that? And we're, we were on a face-to-face Zoom like this. I said, well, why didn't you just tell me that? And he said, because you're the investment. You're the investment. And, and you cannot learn what I need you to learn if you don't create a plan, go out there and fail, and come back with what you've learned. And that's, that is outstanding coaching. I, I have a, a close friend who is a, an incredible... Um, he's an expert in relationship communication, both professionally and personally. His name's Matt Townsend. And... Um, Matt shared with me this statement. He said, it takes a lot of integrity to have something to say and not say it. Now, and part of what coaching is, is knowing that you could just say it on the fly, but taking the moment to help someone learn how to think pays off in the long run. Walk us through the psychology that we as a leader need to have. Abe, I'm imagining being the person watching this right now and thinking, I really want to start living this. What are some tactical things they can start doing immediately to level up their leadership? Yeah, I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to give you a, 
a number of things. And, and many of these things, we call them our ninja tips. These are the things that you learn in the, in the foxhole. Right? You learn on the front line of leading and learning. So just to kind of establish a, a couple things that are critical to, to actually the coach approach and leading. Everyone, everyone needs a clear plan. Everyone needs a weekly one-on-one with their leader. They need the opportunity to come back and share what they've done. And um, I want to challenge all leaders to have to, to set things up so that that person owns that meeting, right? And so that, that means that there will be a moment in time where you're actually just teaching that person what it means for them to own the meeting. They own the agenda and they're going to come back and report. Now, a lot of us believe that the reason that we have meetings with our people is so we can keep tabs on them. However, in the coach approach, and I think in just the general understanding of how to be an influence in another person's life, which is important, because when we're an influence in their life, they're going to want to perform. They're going to be, they're really going to receive a lot of satisfaction by performing. And so um, it's, it's important that we have these meetings so that we understand what's going on. It's equally or maybe even more important that we have these meetings so that they have the opportunity to come back and share what they're doing, gain coaching, get a shot of energy and go back into the week to execute again. If we've talked about how there's two tools in a coach's quiver that really drive so much of the impact that they can provide. What are those things? Yeah. Yeah. So the first is active listening. And, and the second is, is great, great questions. And let me give you some guidance on both of these. So active listening is, is hearing what is communicated, whether it, whether it was through words or not. Right? Active listening is, is hearing what was communicated, whether or not it's what they said. And I'll give you an example. Jeff, let's say that you and I have a meeting and you walk in and I say, Hey, you okay? You good? Or, or worse, like this is the, this is the, the real violator of human communication um, mastery. What's wrong? Such a terrible question, right? What's wrong? What's not right with you? It'd be great if we took a second for you to explain to me what's not right with you. That's, that question creates defense. But let's just say I do that. Jeff, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. Now, the, the non-active listener will hear that and believe what their person is saying. Oh, good. You just seemed like, seemed like something was wrong. And they'll move on. However, the skilled, the skilled um, coaching leader will recognize that I heard what you said. I simply don't believe you. <laughs> and, and they'll seek for more, more un- insight and understanding. And the way that you do that in, in terms of active listening is... And I learned this again from my friend Matt Townsend is... Number one, you don't, you don't miss it. You don't skip that moment. Oh, I'm, I'm great. Just great. So Jeff, that sounded heavy. I'm not convinced. You're not selling me. What's going on? Um, so we, we don't want to miss those moments. We want our people to understand that when they come in, we're, we're, we're listening to what they say, but we're also observing how else they're communicating, right? That's skilled communication. The other, th- the other way that you can step into that is uh, observe an emotion. I learned that from Matt. Observe an emotion. Oh, you, you seem a little frustrated. And the reason that this is important um, versus questions like what's wrong is you can, be, you can be upset but not be an angry person. So 
look, if, if, if our person, if someone in our organization is frustrated and upset and they come in and we can see it and they're putting on their, you know, their big boy pants or their big girl pants and just trying to put the happy face, but there's something stressing them. My job as a leader is to help them through that. And if they, if they're just, if they're not, if they're not really saying it to me because they want to look good, then my job as the coach is to set the table for us to talk about oh, what, what's going on. So active listening is, is more than just hearing the words that are, that are said. It's, it's reading all the communication. And then the next one is, is um, impactful questions. And I want to give you some guidelines on questions. This is really where Don't Be Bulletproof came from. Guidelines on questions. So Jeff, let me ask you, when somebody asks you a question that you feel you feel like they know the answer and you're supposed to say that answer, how do you feel? Not awesome. Why? Why not awesome? You know the answer. Feels like a test. Yeah, it's a setup. It's a setup. You can't win, right? You feel like you can't win because if I disagree with the answer I'm supposed to give you, I can't say that because I know what you want to hear. If I so if I and and if I do disagree, then I know that you're disappointed, right? And so a lot of times the the mistake made here is thinking that the leader knows how to ask great questions. That's the mistake. And by the way, I've coached I've coached some people I've coached executive leadership in a Fortune 50 company. These are, these are players. These are incredible players. And we've spent three months at a time just working on their question skills. That alone. And so um, some guidelines around great questions. And, and these will seem obvious. And that is why I'm going to spend some time on them. <laughs> because what is obvious, we often dismiss. Because everyone knows that. We just, we just want to be the people that do that, right? Observe that. And so some guidelines around questions. Number one, open-ended questions. And, and what I mean by open-ended questions is as a leader, we want to, we want to ask questions that invite uh, dialogue and invite an opportunity to interrogate and inspect something together. So if I ask you, I say, Jeff, um, imagine this. Jeff, don't you believe in the mission of the company? Of course. It's a terrible question. That leader should be drugged to the public square and shot with paintballs by everyone in the company. <laughs> it's a bad question. You, you only lose. Even if you say yes, I've indicted you by asking you that question that way. So a different way, a different way to ask that would be, Jeff, what in our company values stands out to you the most? What in, Jeff, what in the mission of our company um, do you believe in the most? Do you see the difference? Mm-hmm. And so in, in, the, um, in the pace of leadership, especially when we are busy and we have so much going on, in the pace of leadership, we're going to ask dumb questions. We're going to do it. And that's why, that's why don't be bulletproof such a critical moment. That's why saying, oh, you know what, Jeff, that was a terrible question. Let me do that again. That's important. Nobody, nobody loses respect for you. They gain respect because you're respecting the relationship. And so um, a couple other things around questions. Feel free to enlist them in what's the question we should be answering? And what's the question? 
I want to make sure that we're getting to the heart of what we need to talk about. What's the question I should ask you? And, and partner with them to craft it. We don't want to ask questions that are leading questions. Sometimes you can ask an open-ended question, but it's still leading, right? So Jeff, um, why, are the, why are the goals of the company important? It's a setup, it's a setup right? It's a sing-songy question. You know, I, I'm going to make you say it. Um, I still want you to say it and I still want you to understand it. But imagine if I asked it this way. So Jeff, what I would like to do is take a moment and, um, and I just want you to share with me your thoughts around how do, how do the goals, how do the outcomes you're responsible for impact the rest of our company? I just want to pause and let's explore that for a moment. That's an example of coaching. We have logs and logs and logs of questions. It's funny. We, we actually have a list of 369 great coaching questions. Sometimes we share that. But our coaches are often asking us, hey, could you give us a list of questions? And our answer is no. In fact, when you go through our certification, by the time you're done, you've written over a thousand questions. You've written them. Because I can give you the questions, but I'm not teaching you to become a person that thinks in questions. Right? And that's really what we want our leaders to become is people that, that think in terms of what's the right question that helps this person discover and get them where, they, where, where we need to go. And so one of, the, one of the critical skills in question asking is when you ask a question, let them answer. Let them answer. When I ask you a question, if you're important, I ask you a question, then I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to stop. I'm going to wait. And sometimes we're uncomfortable in, in that waiting. And we want to, sometimes we want to jump in and save them. You know, for example, right? We want to jump in and save them. But Jeff, it is the moments of silence where the work is being done. You know, and so I, I, one of the things that we challenge our coaches here is when you ask an impactful question and you are returned with silence, wait to the point you think they're no longer on the line. Because right about the moment that you're going to say, still there, you'll hear them say, I've just never thought of it that way. When you hear someone say something like, oh, that's a good question, resist the temptation to celebrate the brilliance of your question and know this, they are stalling to buy themselves time to consider it. So when we ask a question, it's really critical that we give them the chance to wait. We just sit there in that moment and wait. One more really critical tactical question skill, and this this is an important one, is this one's really simple, but I think it's the one we probably violate the most uh, in the world of leadership. Don't stack your questions. Don't stack them. So Jeff, what did you learn this week? And how are you going to do things differently? And what will you, uh, what will you do in the future so that you're able to identify what you'll do differently, do differently? We just stack these questions, right? With kind of the thought of, I'm going to set the table for the discussion, but really that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is... We're, we're confusing them. Right? So when we, you're going to do that. People are going to do that. We're going to fire off three or four questions. And when you do, remember, hear my voice. Don't be bulletproof and say, I just asked you like three things. Let me step back. I just asked you three questions. Which one did you hear? Or, ah, I want to do that again, Jeff. I just gave you like three different things to work on. What about that this week do you think has, has changed the way you view that task. Right? So when we stack our questions, when you recognize as a leader, 
recognize it, acknowledge it. You know, this, this to me is, is the, this vulnerability to stop and say, oh, I did that. Let me, let me pull back. I think that is active leadership influence building. I think that's what we're doing. When, when someone that we're leading sees us struggle and sees us acknowledge that, I want to get this question right, Jeff. Just give me a second. Let me come back in. They don't lose faith in us as a leader. They, this is active influence relationship building. They see us. Uh, they see that it's important to us that we ask them the right question. They see that it's important when we catch ourselves um, stacking questions that we stop that because we want to hear their thoughts. We want them to appropriately think. And so what to some would feel like vulnerability and weakness isn't vulnerability and weakness to the person we're talking to, especially when, when we use these skills and tools, some of these skills and tools I've just named for you. What it, what it allows a person to do is to see their leader absolutely committed to being the best leader and the best influence possible. And when that leader doesn't feel like they're getting it right, they'll adjust because I matter. Gabe, you and I get to invest a lot of time together as we both build our businesses. I'm curious, when's a time that these principles were particularly relevant for you? Yeah, so you know, know this, that I, I like to say to people that if there's a thing that you, you perceive I do well, that I promise you, we can go and find a season where I was a, a season of profound failure in that area, right? And at a time that I wasn't good at that. And leadership, like anything else, we can think of many things in our lives where we're really good. We're, we're really good at a thing once we know how to do it. And we're not good at it before we know how to do it. And so in the middle of that, Jeff, is the time that we're just learning. And it's hard on the people around us because we're still going to do it the way we used to do it. So in a, in a prior life, I held a, I held a position in a company where we, were, we had a really, really big uh, initiative. We were rebranding a large company. And I had a great team of people. And I, I remember I, I needed them each to do certain things. And by the way, we spent over a million dollars in that rebrand. Lest anyone thinks it's just a logo, there's a lot at stake in this. It's, it's exhausting. I showed up on location. I showed up on his location to give him things I needed him to do, feeling completely exhausted and, and feeling like there was no end in sight and feeling like there was more to do than, than could be done. That was kind of my, my energy as I ran into him. So I walked in. I said, hey, hey, how are you? Doing great. Excellent. Hey, I need you to do this, 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 and this. And he, he was resistant. And I left to my natural abilities. I have a full-scale allergic reaction to that because when somebody seems defensive, my, my head explodes and I'll just get someone else. Like the unskilled leader in me just wants to go to that. It's very primal. And, and he said, he's like, well, hold on. Just, are, are we sure that's the right move? And, and I just kind of lost it in a moment. In fact, this is one of my greatest leadership failures. I said to him, yeah, yeah, it's your job. I just need you to do your job. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm not proud of the moment. I'm ashamed of this moment. It's your job. I just need you to do it. Okay, okay. And then I walked outside. Now, walking outside, I had this realization. One, that was awful. That was terrible. Two, the guy in there is one of the most important people professionally in my life. I can't 
accomplish what we need to do here without him. And he's one of my best problem solvers. That doesn't mean I'm not frustrated with how he dealt with me. It does mean that it's my job to put us back together. Because if we're disconnected, we're not going to get done what we need to. And his level of engagement and his expertise is going to be marginalized. So I walked back in. I want you to imagine me kind of sulking back in. And, and here's what I said as his leader. By the way, I hired him. I was the one that promoted him when he got promoted. He knew how busy I was. So I just walked in. Um, I walked back in and this is what I said. Hey, I didn't do that right. Uh, I came in here really intense because I have a lot going on. And, uh, and I recognize when I did that, I kind of threw that on you and I, I apologize. I'd like, to, I'd like to do over. He's like, sure. I said, okay. Before we talk about what we need to do, I can, I can see that there's some heaviness. You know, are you good? What's going on? And he broke in half. This is a former military guy, and he just he just cried. Now, I want you to join me in that moment. Because nothing I said was worthy of tears. What do you think the odds are that what I that his his emotion is connected to what I asked him to do? Zero. So when, you know, I'd never seen him like this. And I said, I, I just kind of, I, I think it's important when somebody's having a rough time that we as leaders visually become present. So I like to shut a computer, set it to the side. I like to put a notebook. Sometimes I'll, if I have a notebook in front of me, sometimes I'll just take it and toss it on the ground. I like the visual display of, oh, I am 100% with you, right? And so I said to him, I just let him emote for a moment. And I said, what's going on? My wife asked for a divorce last night. Now, so in this moment, two things can be true at once, Jeff. I need all the things done on my list. And it is his job. That's all true. And he's the investment. So it's also true that what goes on in a person's personal life affects them at work. So in this moment, as a coaching leader, I've caught myself. And I've gone in not being bulletproof, I've gone back in and said, I didn't do this right. I'm sorry. I just absolutely swooped in and you're more important to me and what we're doing here than that. So I'd like to do over before I do it. There's some heaviness. What's going on? In that moment, when I asked him that, he hadn't talked to anyone about this and this came out. I can't fix his marriage. It's not even my job. And I still need him to do his work. All of that is true. And he's a great performer and he wants to do his work. But who among us wouldn't be rocked by this, right? So I sat and listened for a minute. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I listened. He emoted. The act of listening was once I got us, once I got myself back online to be a better coaching leader, before moving on, I observed the negative emotion. What was interesting was when we were done, I said, listen, I'll 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 take this. I'll take this work from you. And when I said that, he said, "No, no, I need that. It'll it's just the right distraction for me." And he he had everything I needed done by the end of the day, exactly the way it needed to be done, and we were great. So, you know, I, I share that story. I share that story so that people understand that as leaders, we're not always going to do it right. And 
it's important that we go back to our people and just say that. Because when we acknowledge we didn't do it right, we let them know it's okay here if we don't do it right to acknowledge it and do it right again. The other thing too is the science of what we need to get done has to be clear. It's important that people have clarity on the expectations, they have the tools to do their job, that we have a way of keeping score, and that they have a regular coaching meeting with, with their leader every week so that they can, they can keep moving forward. And it's equally important that as leaders, we, we, be, we move from traditional leading into the coach approach where we're asking insightful questions, we're helping them gauge clarity, we're, we're ensuring that they own the meeting so that they own the plan and the results. And what we're going to see when we do this is that not only will people stay engaged, they will, they will be people that provide greater solutions for the future of the company, the people that are going to get inspired, they're going to want to advance, they're going to want to be more a part of what we're doing because they know they're the investment we're in. I'm your coach. And coaching is partnership. Well, Abe, thanks so much for, for coming on and investing your time with us. Um, I feel like every time we have these conversations, I start to identify my opportunities to leverage this even at a higher level. So thank you. My pleasure. And earlier, Abe mentioned that they had 369 questions that they sometimes share with people. Um, since there are partners, we also wanted to be able to give you access to those. The way you can do that is if you take out your cell phone and you send a text message to the number 33777. So to the number 33777 and text my coach, all capitals, no spaces, M Y C O A C H. So text my coach to the number 33777 and they will send you those questions so that you can actually start using them immediately. There you have it, our conversation with Abe Shreve. What I really appreciate about what Abe had to say is that as leaders, active listening is the key to unlocking the potential in our people. We don't have to be bulletproof or have all the answers, but we have an opportunity to be real with our teams and coach them on the journey to be the best version of themselves. When we show up as authentic and interested leaders, that's when they rise up to meet and even exceed our expectations for what's possible. If you want to lift your leadership skills and learn the coach approach at a higher level, join us at this year's virtual goal-setting retreat. This year, we have the privilege of bringing this life-changing retreat right to your living room by hosting two weekends virtually. So you can join us and set your goals for the upcoming year. On November 14th and 15th, we're hosting the Couples Goal-Setting Retreat, which is designed specifically to help you set your goals with your most important relationship. And then on November 21st and 22nd, you can join us for the Individuals and Teams Retreat, where Abe will be joining us as one of the guest speakers, as well as other thought leaders who will bring their unique experience to your goal-setting experience. And by the way, these retreats will be recorded and available through the end of the year. So if the dates don't work out, you can still make the time work for you. You can get your tickets right now at theonething.com slash setmygoals and join us as we set our goals for the upcoming year so we can experience extraordinary results in our life and our business and our relationships. And like we said at the beginning, if you're interested in learning more about coaching, whether that is getting a coach for yourself or becoming a coach, you can visit theonething.com slash training, scroll down to the coaching and corporate section and learn more there. If this episode has brought value to you, who's a person you know that needs to hear it? Would you take 10 seconds to pause this episode 
text them a link and say, hey, I really think you should listen to this. If so, that would mean the world to us. And if you are new to the One Thing Podcast, make sure you click the subscribe button because every single week we have a brand new episode to better help you invest your time. All you have to do is click the subscribe button and those episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device of choice. And while you're at it, would you consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcast player? Say that you listened to the episode with Abe about the coach approach and tell us the impact that it made for you. It would really help us. Thanks so much for investing your time with us and we look forward to being with you in the next episode. 